This is the Soulpreneur Lifestyle Podcast, your go-to place for creative ideas on how to run your business in a way that lights you up and gives you purpose, all in a way that still allows you to live the lifestyle that you want to live. And this episode is brought to you by the Floation.com Directory of Healers and Soulpreneurs. Imagine a resource where you can search for healers of all modalities to help guide you along your spiritual journey, or spiritual-minded professionals to help you with everyday life issues like your small business contracts and accounting. Wouldn't it be great to work with someone like-minded? Soulpreneurs of every profession, check out the Floation.com directory to learn how you can promote your business, products, or services on the directory to spiritual-minded people who are looking to work with you. Visit Floation.com today. That's F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N.com. A universe of opportunities awaits you. Hi, my name is Simran Bhatia, and I'm your host for season one of the Soulpreneur Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm excited to take you on a little journey throughout this year. I will be sharing my own insights that I have experienced as a small business attorney and a spiritual small business mentor doing one-on-one coaching, and I will also be interviewing lots of different soulpreneurs in different professions who are going to share the nitty gritty of how they do business, what kind of experiences they've had to get to where they are today. And I hope all of this is really valuable information for you. So come on, please join me. Today's interview was with Wilhelmine Moss, and she talks about how to avoid burnout, the effects of it on your career, and what steps to take to actually be able to recover and overcome um, the process of burnout. We really got also into a discussion about how to maybe be preventative and notice that you are really on the verge of burnout well ahead of time and what to do in that process, and discussed her journey of what she experienced and what kind of transformation that brought about for her personally and in her work. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's full of little nuggets of wisdom on how to manage your energy. So today's guest we have with us is Willomaine Moss. She is a holistic um, living kind of expert uh, working near Amsterdam. And she's joining us today to talk about how to deal with your burnout and stress and fatigue and how to live a more holistic life, both personally and in your business as well. So I'm so excited to have you here today. And can you share you know, a more broader kind of overview of what it is that you do and what you teach about. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, it's an honor to be on, on your podcast. Um, yeah, what I do, um, I help women with energy issues and um, that can, you know, range from chronic fatigue, chronic illness uh, to burnout. 
and I help them to have more energy in their life. And uh, because why do we why do we want more energy? Is because we want to have an impact. We want to be successful. We want to be um, you know happy, abundant. We want be to be healthy. And energy uh, is the underlying most important thing to be able to do what you want to do in your life. So I coach women um, primarily uh, on um, stress and energy related issues. And I'm also a career coach for those who find that their work or their current job is draining their energy a lot. And they want to find out why that is and why they want and how they can make a transition into another job or maybe uh, starting their own business or something like that. That sounds wonderful. I mean, it feels like with today's modern work culture, everyone's sort of forced into being a type A personality, and that can be incredibly draining. So can you share with us some of the principles of what you're actually teaching these women and how they can reclaim their energy for themselves? Yes. Um, what I found, I was trained as a medical doctor. To, I will just give you a little bit of background about, about myself. Um, I was trained as a medical doctor and uh, you are so right about that we're supposed to be doing the same uh, every day and, and everybody has to be like the same personality type. Always pushing, striving, achieving, uh, creating, uh, finishing projects and, and you know, um, creating to-do lists and, and do all the tasks that we put on ourselves. And this is something that I grew up with as well. So I was taught in an educational system, like many of us are, um, that the only way to uh, be successful is to work really hard and to push yourself constantly. And um, it brought me a lot. You know, I graduated from medical school and uh, I worked in psychiatry for a couple of years. And then I moved into um, healthcare uh, organizations, more in sort of a business environment. And I did lots of project management and IT and process improvement, business improvement. So that was all about being efficient and just even more uh, trying to be successful in, in, in a very linear way and trying to be efficient all the time. Um, that was my um, prime. That was my primary responsibility in the company to make it really efficient. And um, so I have been living with this this way of working for a long time until I got sick myself a couple of years ago. Um, so I was uh, suffering from stress. I was doing like I was on call twenty four seven. I was responsible for the medical um, issues in the company as well as the major projects. So there was a lot going on, and in my personal life, I was going through some private uh, situations. I got divorced. I had two very young children at the time, so that was just you know too much to handle um, at the same time, and. I crashed into a, into a really severe burnout. And by that, I mean that I wasn't able to um, find my way in the supermarket. I wasn't able to dress myself. I wasn't able to speak. And I was so extremely exhausted uh, that I couldn't even take care of my own children, which was heartbreaking at the time. So um, 
I, in the end, I, I ended up losing my job and figuring out what went wrong. And what I found was that this way of working and living, this linear way of striving and always pushing didn't fit me as a person. And that I was not the type A personality. And that it, for me, it was, it was really um, sad to see how I was uh, pushing myself all the time and how it made me sick and how it made my body break down. And it took me um, almost two years to recover from this situation, which is a long time. Um, and I wasn't able to work in, in, in between. And for me, as an ambitious, inspired person, that was so sad. You know, I had something to, to bring to the world. And I was always working with, uh, with pleasure and joy and, and helping other people. And, and all of a sudden, I wasn't able to do that anymore. And I wasn't having an impact in the world that I was, you know, I wanted to have an impact in my work and in my life and I wasn't able to do anything. And this is what I see in my clients as well, that they are really ambitious, uh, you know, ambitious inspired women. They do have a mission and they feel so drained and exhausted that they have no energy left to create what they wanna create. And they think of these projects they wanna do or the, the mother they wanna be or, anything they want to do in their lives and they have the, they don't have the energy. They are just lacking the energy to have the impact they want. And so that's when I found out when I was recovering. Um, so I've just, I'm just going to make like a sort of um, a sort of shortcut into the background um, story. I have been living next to my work with the moon cycles for a long time. And I was taught when I was like, I think 20, when I started medical school, I was taught about uh, the menstrual cycle and how um, hormones affect our bodies and so on. So I've been tracking my menstrual cycle like 20 years or something. And I was living with the moon cycle for 10 years as well. But I also, I, I did that in my private life. I didn't ever think about applying this to my working life. And, um, until I was recovering from burnout and I started to feel how my personal cycle, my personal hormonal cycle and how the moon cycle affected my energy levels. And I think that's because my energy was so low that like the subtle changes in my energy, I could feel very clearly. And then I figured out that this might be something to track. And I started tracking this more and more. And I found out that when I was feeling really drained and exhausted, for, exa for example, during my period or during, during the new moon, and I was honoring that, um, that I felt so much better the rest of the cycle. So I tried to live with that more and more. And then I felt way better over, over the course of some months and I recovered fully. And I'm so grateful that I found out about this way of living, this way of cyclical living, as I call it, and because it helps me a lot. And this is what I teach women as well, to listen to their body, to, to listen into what their body is telling them about um, how they're feeling. Because when you're exhausted, it's a, it's a signal. It's, your body is telling you something. Your body is telling you that you're exhausted and that you need rest. 
And that's what we need to listen to. And that's what I teach my clients. There are just so many takeaways from what you shared just now that, you know, the medical system itself is being pushed to productivity. And I think there's a difference between productivity and efficiency, to be totally honest. Um, and then the cyclical living is wonderful. You know, I, I'm similar in the way that I operate in that way as well. And I've seen a significant difference even in just my own mood, energy levels, living that way as well. And, and I find that to be more efficient, but maybe not necessarily as productive to the outside world. But it's wonderful that you were, I mean, it's heartbreaking that you had to go through that experience, but wonderful that you were able to take that and then uplift yourself and then go and share and teach that to other women. Because as a society, I mean, women stereotypically, we're juggling so many things. That's not to discount that men don't face burnout or aren't experiencing high levels of stress from trying to mold themselves into that type of personality. But I think with women, there's also the added hormonal, you know, things going on and everything that you mentioned. So it's, it's wonderful that you're going out there and teaching all of this. So can you give us maybe some tangible principles or um, exercises or something that you would actually give to a potential client saying how to tune in to themselves and, and how to even notice their burnout or notice the difference in what they're doing, if it's relieving their burnout or not? Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, one of the difficulties with burnout is that it, it sneaks up on you. Um, because when we are under stress, especially when it's chronic stress or uh, taking, um, is there for a long time, what, what there, something happens to our brain. So the stress levels, the high stress levels, um, cause our body to create, to produce uh, lots of cortisol and adrenaline, which are the stress hormones. And especially high cortisol um, has this effect on the brain and makes us, you, you, you could see it like um, that you're watching the world through, um, you know, a sort of a tunnel vision. So you are not able to see um, any option, you know, beyond what you have in front of you. So I can now I can now see it in my clients as well. So I can see that people are literally only looking forward. Like have this like sort of really restricted view on what's going on for them. And they, there's only one option left. There's only one solution left, and it has to work. And if it doesn't work, the stress will you know be really high. So this is the problem with burnout. When you are uh, nearing the edge, um, it's impossible to see that you're nearing the edge. And that's really difficult for prevention. So what I would like to suggest is if you have any idea or any feeling that you might have been uh, stressed too long or nearing some edge or having like this um, so this, the feeling that there's no way out, that you feel really trapped, that might be a, sig a signal that something's really off. 
And uh, also there's some like some physical complaints that you could have. You could have palpitations, you could have shortness of breath, uh, chest pains, or um, uh, concentration issues. Um, that those are really common, um, which is also a problem in, you know, if you have to problem solve or you have to come up with a solution for your situation is really not helpful if you have concentration issues. So those are really like alarm signals. And I would like to invite people to um, watch out for them, but it's, it's more important to just be, um, to do things to avoid getting in that situation in the first place. So we could do that in a, on a daily basis. You know, everybody has stress because stress is a normal reaction to our environment. So everybody's stressed. And the, the important thing to do is to break that stress during the day. So let yourself not be in a stressful situation 24 seven. If you find yourself there, you will be heading for problems in the short or in the long run. So it's really important to, um, to take breaks, literally take breaks and breathe because breathing Put your body in a restorative mode. It has this effect on the nervous system. It calms you down, calms the nervous system down, and it takes the stress hormones down. And that will create space for the body to get into restorative mode again. So if you take breaks regularly, and I mean, um, especially during your workday, uh, you know, get up from your chair, move a little, take some breaths, deep breaths, um, you know, take a walk to the toilet or to the, to, to the coffee machine or and if it's possible, go outside during your lunch break and breathe. That's really important for our body to release the stress and to reduce the cortisone in, in the blood and get your body in a restorative mode. So that would be one tip, uh, take breaks. And the second tip would be rest. If you're exhausted, you need sleep. And that could be, you know, could be at night, could also be during the day. You can take a quick nap. I did that yesterday. I was really exhausted. I had two interviews in the morning and a client uh, um, conversation in the afternoon. I was really exa exhausted and I, I had to do something in the evening as well. So I gave myself permission to take a nap just for like 30 minutes. And that was enough to get me going again. So, and we usually don't give ourselves permission to rest or take a break or to even nap during the day, but I could really recommend this to everybody. So that's the second thing is rest. And the third thing is listen to your body and try to find out, try to, um, for example, for cyclical living, try to find out what your body is telling you over, uh, over the month. So track your cycle if you have a cycle and you're not on contraceptives or something else going on, if you have a cycle, track your cycle. You could do, you could do, um, um, you could use an, uh, a menstrual tracking app. There are many tracking apps available for, for your phone. And just, you know, pay attention to how you feel every day. How is your energy level? What are you feeling in terms of emotions? What is your body telling you? Do you have headaches or do you feel energized? That can tell you a lot about where you are in your cycle and get familiar with your cycle 
and see where you have more energy during the those like 20, 28 to 30 days and where your energy is low. And when you get to know your cycle better, it's way easier to um, live with that. For example, if you have more energy, you can do more during those days. So you can plan more and have, um, you know, can have, have social appointments or um, client conversations or sales calls or anything you, you want to do. Uh, when you have more, more energy, you will be able to do more. But there are also days in, during, your, during your cycle that you're exhausted or more tired. And it's important to listen to that as well. And maybe, maybe cancel a few things. And once you get to know your cycle, once you get to know your energy blueprint during your cycle, you will be able to predict it more. And it's, it's easier to plan according to your cycle, which is really helpful to not use, um, you know, to not overuse your body during the days that you need more rest and to, you know, sort of listen to it better and, and use it in a better way. So those are the three things that I would like to recommend is take breaks, sleep, and uh, track your cycle. I, I love that you said it's, you know, when you're close to that edge, it's hard to self-diagnose that you're about to face burnout. So for those who are listening, who maybe are not sure if they're experiencing it, but they see that maybe their partner or a loved one is very clearly going down that track where they're just always busy and always stressed and hurrying about, um, what's a way or what's some language that they can use to kind of approach that conversation with their loved one to say, hey, I think you need to maybe follow the following tips and try to incorporate that into your day in some way? Yeah, that's an important question. It's also really difficult because I know for myself when, you know, when somebody would say to me when I was nearing the edge that I should take a break or that, um, uh, are you doing okay? You seem so stressed. One of the symptoms of burnout is irritability and sometimes even uh, anger and aggression. But you see that more commonly in men than in women, but it can be a signal. So it's really difficult to, to talk to someone who is nearing that edge for that a specific reason. Um, but you could say that you can see that they, that, yeah, that they are stressed and that they are exhausted and maybe that you can help them with, someone, with something. So you can offer your help and um, maybe to, have, to give them some space to feel what's going on and some space to vent as well and give them sort of a non-judgmental space where they can where they can share what's going on for them i think that's most important that they won't be judged about their behavior um, or um, their irritability for example because it's it's that's it's a really hard conversation and when you're nearing that edge you just you know you just don't see it anymore there are no options available um, it's just, you know, there's this one way or the highway mentality. Um, and, uh, it's a sign of that, that the nervous system and the brain are in a, in a state of severe overload. So giving space and giving, and, and giving support is really important. 
So in practical ways that could be take, uh, take away some of the household uh, chores that they might be um, not able to do at that time or uh, give them permission to, to rest more, to sleep more, to, to try to maybe even take a, some days for themselves um, and not have to have any conversation with you. That could also be helpful. Yeah. Those are all wonderful suggestions. I mean, um, I love that you gave practical tips of that, you know, you need to move around, take a deep breath, everything. I remember, um, I, I haven't exactly faced burnout, but just, you know, that kind of higher stress level that you have postpartum. Um, I used to put reminders in my phone every hour or two to just take a deep breath to just, you know, remember to shower or, and I like to, you know, make all my passwords as well. Something that is an easy reminder to just pull you out of that fog really quickly and just say, you need to just do this very simple thing. And, and like you said, just breathing alone can really help with avoiding that. So across the board, I love what you've said so far. Um, can we delve into, you mentioned that you provide bi-weekly moon reports. I assume that goes with the cyclical living. Um, can we talk about that a little bit? Yes. Um, yeah, what I, uh, that, it started for me from, um, it's an interesting journey. Uh, I was in the depth of burnout and I couldn't speak in my native language. Uh, so I started, I could only, you know, make myself un understood in, in English, which is absolutely not my native language, but it was the only way to get my message across to my husband and the people around me. So I started writing my journal as well in English and I started writing um, about my burnout in English and I started a blog and so forth. And uh, what I also knew, because I'm a medical doctor, I knew that my brain was suffering from this situation and that I had to do something to um, create new uh, connections between my nerve cells, between my neurons in my brain, because it was essentially breaking down from all the stress hormones. So what I tried to do was to, uh, to teach myself new things that I had never learned about. So what I did, I took a tarot course, for example, which was something I had always been wanting to do, but I never found the time. And I thought, you know, this could be a great way to, um, to you know, train my brain and create new connections uh, in my brain. And I also took an astrology course, which I was interested in since childhood. And this is something that for me is also essential in burnout recovery, is that you try, you know, try to find things that you really love, that you've you know, loved as a child, because those are the things that light you up and that get your stress levels down as well. So um, that's just an extra tip for me, how to, uh, to get um, uh, out of that situation. But when I started learning astrology, and uh, feeling into the moon cycle more, I could also see that there were differences between, for example, the full moon in Virgo and the full moon in, for example, Capricorn. For me, those energies were totally different and I could feel them um, like sort of an, intuit, in an intuitive way. I could feel into those energies um, when I started learning more about them. 
So I decided to start a newsletter, uh, which is now, I think for two years I wrote that newsletter and it's a bi-weekly moon report. Um, one goes out at the new moon and the other one at the full moon. And I write about the energies of that um, particular new moon or full moon and the astrology signs connected to them. So that's my newsletter going out um, every two weeks. And, um, and I write uh, about cyclical living and, and other stress and, and, and energy management um, practices as well. Uh, but the bi-weekly moon reports, this is how they came about and, and why I, uh, I write them, yeah. I think that's wonderful because, um, you know, it's interesting because talking cyclical living, I think for women, it's actually slightly easier to grasp the concept because from a young age, you know, there is the menstrual cycle and you start actually physically experiencing cycles in your body that are very obvious. Um, for men though, I think they are cyclical still and they are obviously impacted by the moon and all of these things that you're talking about but it's not as obvious for them. So the moon reports, I think for the man who wants to be energetically aligned and in tune with his cycles and what he's feeling is actually a great indicator of like how to go about. And obviously the moon is very important because it's the feminine and all of that energy. So it's great that you're providing that resource. So we talked a little bit before we started recording about a summit that you have coming up to kind of discuss all of what you're teaching. Can you share more information about that? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, the summit um, uh, is called Reclaim and Master Your Energy. And it's all about energy management for women who are ambitious and want more energy and um, want to make more impact in the world. And there will be 20 um, international speakers, uh, experts on energy management practices. Uh, for example, um, uh, I have a speaker, I have some, a few actually on cyclical living and applying it in different areas of life. Um, and I have also some speakers who uh, teach a practical and easy to implement energy strategies uh, from different modalities. So it, it, it's an interesting way of getting to know more energy practices to, to increase your energy um, for yourself, for your personal energy management, and uh, also in your business and projects and so forth. Um, so there will be thought leaders, uh, experts, uh, coaches, healers, trainers, um, all about energy practices um, that you can uh, learn for yourself and to feel what suits you really because there are many ways of increasing your energy and decreasing stress um, but it's easy um, it's easier if it's aligned with who you are and what you feel feel attracted to uh, to implement it for yourself so this is this summit has the goal to make these practices more accessible and to familiarize uh, people with them um, so you can have um, uh, lots of inspiration really about how to implement it for yourself and have more energy and do the things that you want to do in your life. That's amazing. So that brings up a question for me about just logistics in the sense of, you know, in the online business space, which a lot of entrepreneurs are 
And it's it's a space where, honestly, being a more spiritual-minded entrepreneur is actually easier to tend to do business online and share your message. Um, Lots of people could be listening to that saying, wow, that's a lot of work to get 20 people together for a summit. It's what would be normally viewed as as a high-stress kind of situation to get that all together. So during that coordination and putting all of this together, what has your actual daily or weekly process been to make sure you're staying holistic, you know, and applying the principles of what you're teaching? Like what is your morning and week and all that like while you're going through this process of putting this whole thing together? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm still very aware that I need to manage my energy in, in a good way um, because if I don't, I can uh, easily, um, have um, uh, you know my energy will drop really really um, easily so I have to be aware Um, so what I did for this summit what I do usually I have a planning ritual that I do every Sunday night or Monday morning depending on if there's something going on with the children or her you know Um, so usually Sunday night and what I do is I look at my week and see what I have going on and where I need to create space in my week, for, for example, or when I'm going to do what. Um, I have my non-negotiable days where my children are with me, that, and that means that I don't have any appointments with other people on those days um, because I want to have my energy up for the children. Um, and what I also do is when I, I, I look at my cycle, where I am in my personal cycle, and for example, the week where I'm menstruating, I tend to not plan any social uh, gatherings or interviews or uh, client calls, etc. Because I, I just know from my own experience that during these days, I'm more tired. I uh, often have like a headache or something going on. And um, it makes me just not at my best to talk to other people. And when I honor that, I, what I found is that mostly during those days, the best ideas come to me for the rest of the cycle. So I, I tend to use those days as um, days to vision, um, to envision my, my business goals, to dream new project into being, etc. Um, and I take time for that. And sometimes I clear out my calendar for, for it as well. Uh, it's it's about honoring your own energy and where you are in your cycle. And when I have more energy, I can take on more clients. So I will open up my my calendar for more um, appointments, for example. Uh, so I, I know about that as well. And uh, for the summit, um, I'm in the Europe time zone, and most of my speakers are in in uh, Canada or in uh, America. So. I had to do some interviews during my evening hours, which I usually don't, but for to you know for time zone <laughs> issues, I had to open up my schedule for the interviews. But what I then do is I don't um, plan anything else during the day, for example, anything else, you know, I mean, in terms of interviews or appointments, so that I know that I can just work on something behind the scenes, for example, my website or something copy, uh, in copywriting or, or news, newsletter or something that doesn't take my energy that much as having, having an appointment. 
And um, it's for me, that could be easily skipped as well. So for example, I would write my newsletter in the morning and then I feel, oh, my energy is going down now. Then I will take off the afternoon and rest and recover, go outside for a walk, for example, and then I have my energy for the evening interview still there. So it's, it's really managing my day-to-day schedule in a way that I'm just not putting it full. I'm not creating to-do lists with, with 30 items. That's just not honoring myself. It's not honoring my body and it's not honoring my clients as well because I'm not my best when I'm exhausted. So this is for me a non-negotiable um, thing. My energy is most important. That is, that's my way of serving my audience, serving my clients, and serving the world, essentially. So it sounds like you have really clearly categorized for yourself like what activities take what energy level from you. And then you're able to kind of map out all your variables and and figure out how your day should feel. Um, What do you do about the tasks that, you know, really zap your energy or you don't find any joy in doing them at all? How do you handle those? Well, honestly, um, I do not have a lot of those tasks because um, I sort of start, I started my life again after my burnout and I made an agreement with myself that I would pay attention to what gave me energy and what was draining me and anything that is draining me is not my my it's not for me it's not my type of work it's not my uh, you know if it doesn't give me joy why would I do it if there's something you know even administrative tasks i can enjoy um it's not you know for me that's not something that drains me but i can imagine that for some people those tasks can be draining i would suggest outsource them just delegate it to somebody if it's not giving you joy or it's not um giving you energy or or helping you in any way why do them it's just you know, you can give your best self to the things that you're good at and that you you enjoy and that give your energy. So um, I will give you an example. I was, um, during my burnout, I did some uh, certifications as well to um, create a new career for myself. And there was one of the certifications that I, you know, if even when I just, thought about going there I felt so sad and exhausted and every time I needed to go to the training days I was I was just it was like a mountain that I had to climb and then I decided for myself this is not for me if it takes this much from me if it's not something I enjoy why would I push myself over that mountain? I've done that for four decades. I need to stop that, you know? It's just not giving me joy. I'm not gonna do it. So I canceled the whole, the whole thing. I think I went two or three times out of 10 and I canceled the rest. And I never looked back. So when something is like this mountain to climb, it's telling you something as well. It's a message from your inner voice it's a message maybe from your higher self that this is not the way to go and you can try to make it work and 
you know, put push to shove and try to, to create something for yourself that's not working. But why would we do that? For me, that was a, a huge mindset shift that I needed to make and that I can see in my clients as well. The mindset shift from, yeah, but I need to finish this. You know, I, I, I committed myself to this and I need to finish it. I need to complete this. Why? <laughs> if it doesn't give you joy, just don't do it. Cancel it. And then something else will open up and come, you know, you will come across the things that light you up and that you're really good at. That will just, you will draw that into your life if you say no to the things you don't like. I feel like that is such an important point, that feeling of obligation versus like that you're, you're obliged, but you feel totally out of alignment with something versus doing something that lights you up and really fills you up. It's such an important distinction because, you know, people tend to be people pleasers and then you run for themselves and for others. And then you run into that problem again and again, where you're not protecting your energy. You're not doing the activity that actually serves your soul. You're just doing something out of a mental obligation you've created. So that brings up a question for me that, you know, you mentioned journaling before, but on a day-to-day basis, is there, or a week to week basis, is there anything you do that's like a consistent activity that is about nurturing yourself, protecting your energy to help you, you know, be in yourself and ground yourself? Yeah, I have a few um, that I do and I sort of switch them uh, once in a while um, to keep things fresh and, and moving. Um, I like to do uh, short meditations, guided meditations or shamanic journeying, um, just to get myself more into a relaxed state or to get some you know, in- intuitive hits that come easily to me when I do those. Um, and for me personally, what, really, um, what I really enjoy is going to my vegetable garden. I got one last year and um, I always enjoyed gardening, but I, I didn't know that this was, for me, it was so healing for my soul. So every time I feel uh, like a little bit stressed or I need to have some downtime, I go there and I cycle there and, um, uh, and I'm just, you know, sitting there listening to the birds and just watching everything grow and for me that's also a way of tuning into the natural cycles of growth tuning into the seasons and what nature the lessons of nature um and for me personally that's really healing takes me um like five minutes to get there and uh, i can be there and sit there in the sun and, and just you know be there by myself i'm naturally an introvert um introverted person so uh, I just need my alone time and I can have it there and it's lovely to be there. And, and this is something for me that I discovered and I can imagine that this is not for everyone, uh, but you know, every, everyone has their own little thing that they really enjoy. And from what I would like to suggest is just to create more space for that in your life. You know, it could be, crafts it could be like drawing could be music dancing movement yoga i don't know what it is for you but make more space for that because it 
it just it reduces your stress levels it makes you feel way more positive about your day if you did something that was truly for you and that nurture you and that's just it's just wonderful to have that for yourself so i would invite everybody to create more space for that in their life yeah that's beautiful i mean i think it's a testament to the fact that no matter where in the world you live there is some sort of resource available to you to just slow down and get in touch with your breath and, you know, slow the pace of your life down just a little bit to be able to hear your intuition and tune in to everything you're saying and to, to become more in touch with the, the cycles of their body, you know, what they're feeling. So thank you so much for all of this information. As we wrap up, I have a favorite question I just like to ask at the end of the interview. Two more questions left. Um, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, that must be lemon. Uh, because, you know, when life gives you lemon, <laughs> lemons, you make lemonade. <laughs> yeah, I love lemon, lemon ice cream. Yeah. That's wonderful. And now for our audience, um, if they are really interested in the summit and what you're teaching, where can they find you? They can find um, me at elementallife.net and the summit uh, URL is www.reclaimyourenergysummit.com and the registration opens March 7th, but there's a wait list so everybody can just join and register. All the interviews are free to watch for you if you register on the page. So I invite everyone to be a part of this exciting event. That is wonderful. I hope people definitely look it up and participate. I know I am very curious and I'll be visiting and trying to see what I can learn in the process as well. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it and I love everything that you've shared. You're very welcome and thank you for inviting me. I want to say a big thank you for listening in. Without your support, there wouldn't be a podcast. If you've gained insight or inspiration from this podcast, please subscribe for regular updates and please share this podcast with someone you know who will benefit. Do you have a story to share about your own soulpreneur lifestyle that you set up? Have a life or business problem you'd love a system for? or want to be an anonymous caller for one of our live segments, then go to your Anchor app or the Anchor website, find this show, and click on Message and record your story or question. You can also find the show notes on our website at flowation.com backslash T-S-L-P. That's F-L-O-W-A-T-I-O-N dot com backslash T-S-L-P. And subscribe to the TSLP Insider to get a look behind the scenes of what it takes to bring this podcast to life. And get some exclusive offers that are only available to our email subscribers. Also, don't forget to follow at Flowation on Instagram to get updates about this podcast. Mm-hmm.